This week on the Docs to Dads podcast, we took a road trip with our family recently and it went a bit better than expected. I know road trips can be a little overwhelming for families, especially if you've got small kids. So I'm sharing some of the things that we did that seemed to work well for us. I know some of you are thinking about taking that one last summer road trip before school starts for most of our kids. So buckle up and join my family for a summer road trip this week on the Docs to Dads podcast. Hello and welcome to the Docs to Dads podcast, a health and wellness resource for any dad looking to actively engage with their health, the health of their children, and building a stronger, healthier community around their family. Each week, Dr. Scott, a board-certified pediatrician, will explore topics relevant to child health and how dads can be an active participant in their growth, development, and other issues that affect children and the whole family. Welcome back to the Docs to Dads podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Grant, and I am excited to have you with me this week. My family and I just returned uh, from a vacation that included three days of driving from our home in Michigan up to the boundary waters of Minnesota. We stayed six nights in a cabin with no air conditioning, no internet, and if you'll believe it, no television. And then we had a three-day journey back home in the car. Now, my wife and I both grew up taking long road trips for our vacations. We had uh, extended family that lived far away from us. So we were we both grew up in various parts of Texas, and my family and I would travel east out towards uh, Alabama to visit some extended family, and my wife's family were traveling north up here to Michigan and Minnesota. Uh, so those are long road trips to take with kids in the car. And so this was something that we actually enjoyed and wanted to be part of our sort of family vacation going forward. Like we enjoyed the road trips and we want that to be part of what we do. We took this long road trip for our first sort of big family uh, road trip vacation with, we have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a 10-month-old came along for the ride and they did great. We had one minor head wound and one bout of car sickness both from the same kid, unfortunately. Sorry, little one. Uh, that was my little. <laughs> that was my middle one. She had a little bit of a rough ride, uh, but those were actually both really early in the trip, and the rest of the trip went really great. Uh, we had a great time at camp. Uh, next week, I'll share a little bit more about the camping experience and sort of sharing uh, the things that we loved about going to camp when we were kids uh, with our kids, even at this age, and sort of the first time, you know doing uh, fishing and riding a canoe and doing all these other uh, cool things. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that next time. But one of the things that I got the most questions about from folks when we got back was about the road trip, because I think that's something that can be a little intimidating for folks, especially if you have young uh, kids. And so I just wanted to share some of the things that we did uh, that seemed to uh, help set us up for success uh, in a way that might help you. I know school Uh, is just around the corner uh, and uh, Labor Day is coming up. So I know some folks might be thinking like, can we make that one last trip? Uh, Something like that. So uh, I'm going to share just a little bit of what we did to help set you up for a successful road trip if you decide that's what you want to do. I want to take a moment here and share with you that this content, some of it was actually first shared with my newsletter subscribers a few weeks ago when we first got back from the trip. And so if you want early access to this kind of content, this is the kind of stuff that I tend to talk a bit more about uh, in the newsletter is sort of these practical parenting things that are uh, working for 
for my family with our kids. So if that's something that you're interested in, I want to encourage you to head over uh, and subscribe to the Docs to Dads newsletter. Uh, you can do that by going to www.docstodads.com slash newsletter, and there'll be a sign up there. Uh, join our growing community around this newsletter. Uh, it's a really fun way uh, to interact a little bit more uh, back and forth. I try to do that just about every Monday. Uh, I miss a couple of weeks here and there, but for the most part, you get something from me just about every Monday to kind of hear about sort of what's going on in my parenting journey, patients that I'm interacting with, uh, parenting tips that I uh, have discovered or I'm learning about that I think would be useful to you. So uh, if that's something that sounds interesting to you, please head over to docstodads.com slash newsletter uh, and we will see you there. All right, back to our road trip. So we spent six days in the car total on this trip, three days on the way there and three days on the on the way back. And every day we spent somewhere between three and a half and six and a half hours in the car, mostly sort of in the three and a half to five hour marks. We had a couple of longer days, uh, especially our last day getting home was a little bit of a longer day. And so this is much more time in the car than my kids have done before, especially the the youngest one who tends to have the hardest time in the car anyway. But like I mentioned, road trips were a big part of family vacations for my wife and I growing up. It's something that we enjoyed and wanted to be part of our family life as well. Uh, so this was something that was kind of important to us to get right and uh, set us up for success so that our kids would hopefully look forward to future road trips and spending time in the car together as a whole family. If you hate road trips and and this is not something that you would ever do, like that's fine. Um, I'm not trying to encourage you to do it, although I, I think they're really fun. Uh, but I do think there's going to be some value here in terms of how do we you know, get our kids on board for things that aren't obviously really exciting from the very beginning. Uh, and so hopefully you'll learn something from uh, this content, even if you're not somebody who's trying to get your kids to take a road trip uh, with you, which is fine. So first off, I would just say kids tend to get excited about what you're excited about. And so this is true, especially for younger kids and gets a little bit more difficult as kids get older. It's also true for hard things. So the more you sort of set up the event that's going to take place and sort of tell the story of like, this is how things are going to go. And if you can frame it as like, this is an exciting adventure we're all going to go on together, then that will set you up for success. So we spent the week or two before the trip talking about this exciting adventure where we're going to be in the car. Mom and dad aren't going to have to go to work. We're going to be going on this adventure all together. We're going to go to this magical place called Camp de Nord, uh, where we're going to do a bunch of really fun stuff. But to get there, we got to drive and we're going to go to all these other fun places. And then as you go, you can talk a little bit. If you know sort of where you're going to be stopping, what you're going to be doing, you can tell some of those stories, especially for early in the trip to give your kids that thing to hold on to. If you don't know where you're going to be going exactly, where you're going to be stopping, those kinds of things, uh, then you might have to find other things to get them excited about. But like, what are the things that we're going to do in the car? What are the songs we're going to sing? What are the games we're going to play? Thinking about things like that. And then you can sort of, as you're going through the trip, talk a little bit about what are the exciting things that are coming up today and tomorrow. So once you have an idea of like, what city are we going to be stopping in tonight? And it's a cool opportunity to teach your kids about like, oh, how they're, we're going through different states. And so we have, you know, we started in Michigan and then we had to drive through Indiana and Illinois and Wisconsin to get to Minnesota. And we're sort of going on this journey 
all together, you can sort of use that as a teachable moment to sort of talk about some of the exciting places that you're driving by or where you're going to be staying. You know, are you going to be staying with family? Are you going to go visit family along the way? Or are you going to be staying in hotels? These are maybe exciting for different uh, reasons. You know, are there things, fun things to do at the hotels? Are there going to be waffles for breakfast at the hotel, <laughs> hotel, which is sort of the most exciting thing for my kids? My kids will basically do anything if you tell them that we're going to have waffles in the morning for breakfast. Uh, so that's sort, of, that's sort of just an exciting thing about being on vacation in our family. We pretty much only stay at hotels that have waffle makers for breakfast in the morning. Uh, because it's it's a big deal in the, in our family. So, but those are the kinds of things to think about. So, what are the little things that your kids can look forward to along the way in whatever places that you're going to stop that will help help them get through those sort of tough moments? And you can sort of remind them of like, remember, I know it's hard right now, but remember, we're gonna stop at this place for lunch, and they have a playground, and you're gonna play and have a good time. Or tonight, we're gonna get there, and there's a pool at the hotel and we're going to put our swimsuits on and we're going to go jump in the pool once we get get to the hotel tonight or whatever the case may be like finding little things that your kids can get excited about will help get them a little bit more on board and then also reminding them of like there's this cool place that we're going to whatever that is we're going to visit grandma and grandpa or we're going to see some really cool thing uh that that you can get them on board about so Kids will generally be excited about what you are excited about. And so use that to your advantage. Tip number two is take frequent breaks so that your kids can get the wiggles out. The longer, sing, you know, longer single stretches of being in the car is setting you up for failure because they're going to get grouchy. They're going to get wiggly. You know, it's nice when they fall asleep. You can sort of take advantage of that time. But there's going to be, especially if you have older kids who maybe only take one nap a day, or maybe you, you have kids that are done with naps completely, they might still doze off at various points, but they're going to be awake in the car. And so you're going to need to sort of be strategic about taking those breaks. And so uh, your kids are probably used to being able to like walk and run around all over the place during their daily life. And so being like strapped into a car seat for hours on end is generally not going to be something that they're sort of naturally enthusiastic about. They're not going to be like, yes, please sign me up for more time in the car seat. Like I mentioned a second ago, we generally would try to find a place for lunch that had either a playscape inside or we'd find a place that had a park nearby and we'd like get our food and then just like let the kids run around like crazy for a little while to just get those wiggles out, let them have some fun. Then we can sort of regroup. We try to find uh, just a place for the kids to do something fun on our shorter drive days. We would maybe find something fun to do in the morning in whatever city that we were in. So we could go and do that as like a fun way to start the day and then get in the car. Um, you might find it easier depending on your kids' personalities, so like get breakfast and then immediately jump in the car and get on the road and then find something fun to do further down the road. So you want to adapt this to sort of what seems to make the most sense for your kids and their personality. But we would try every day to find something that would be fun for the kids to do to sort of cut down on some of the perceived boredom of like sitting in the car all the time. And we'll talk more about like what to do in the car in just a minute. And so generally speaking, we would try to stop every two, two and a half hours. That seemed to work best for us. Anytime we tried to push it much further beyond that, we were much more likely to have like a meltdown of some kind or, you know, somebody would have to go to the bathroom urgently and then we'd have to take an unexpected stop that was sort of different from what our plan is. And so then we sort of 
started to plan out a little bit more specifically, like two, two and a half hours for our kids seem to be the limit. You know, as your kids get older, you might be able to push that a little bit, um, especially if you're doing longer drive days. Uh, it might not make sense to stop quite that frequently. But for our young kids to be able to like get out and go to the bathroom, get a few of their wiggles out and then get back in the car seat, that was about the amount that seemed to make sense for us. And then every stop, unless we took sort of an emergency unplanned stop, every like scheduled stop, everybody got out of their car seat and everybody sort of took advantage of the break. Even if you don't think you need to go to the bathroom, you're going to go into the bathroom, push out what you got, like do your best, figure something out. And we're all going to sort of walk around, even if it's just in like a small field, like just for a minute, get some of those wiggles out, enjoy the sunshine, all of those kinds of things. And then we would take, we'd plan to take at least one long break, which was like 45 minutes to an hour, usually over lunch where we would sort of eat and play. We would find some, again, either a restaurant that like a, a fast food place that had like a play place in it. Or we would try to see like about where will we be? Is there like a park that we can take the kids to and just go, you know, drop the kids off with one parent while they run and play and let the other one go and pick up some food from someplace and then we'll have like a little picnic. But we tried to do something where we would take a little bit of a longer break, give the kids more time out of their car seats, more time out of their car, uh, out of the car overall to uh, eat well and just play and have fun and again, sort of cut down on the perception of that boredom uh, by being stuck in the car uh, for so long. Because in and out of the car, in and out of the car can sometimes be uh, a little bit challenging. And so uh, that would be uh, the next thing that we um, do. So uh, step number two, take those frequent breaks so kids can get their wiggles out and, and be strategic about sort of how you're going to do that. And then tip number three, another thing to be strategic about is uh, drive times and like what to do for in the car activities. And so for us, this sort of started with our uh, baby, the little guy. He's definitely had the most difficulty in the car of our three kids. He just doesn't seem to enjoy being in the car as much as the other two. We sort of have done the same thing with all three of them uh, as they were babies to try to get them used to being in the car and traveling some distances, going to visit family, having them be in the car for a couple of hours at a time to kind of get used to that, get used to sleeping in the car. But for whatever reason, he just, his personality is such that he just doesn't seem to enjoy that quite so much. He's probably had the least amount of time traveling, but it, it was a challenge for us. And so we were trying to figure out like, how do we do this strategically in a way that will set him up for success um, but not have him be sort of fussy and upset the whole time we're trying to to drive and give the other kids a chance to like ride in peace and maybe even fall asleep. So our our little guy will fall asleep in the car seat, but really only if it's time that he would otherwise normally be sleeping. And so for us, uh, it made sense. And this is what I was talking about before about uh, we would do something in the morning that was kind of a fun activity before we get on the road rather than jumping right into the car. Some of this was strategic so that we could get out and do something fun and then start our drive around the time that he would normally take his morning nap sort of made more sense for us because we could get in. Um, he would be a little bit tired from breakfast and from playing or doing whatever we would do in the morning. And then right around, you know, 10 o'clock, 1030, something like that, when it was time for his normal morning nap, we would try to get everybody loaded into the car and on our way. And hopefully he would doze off fairly quickly after that to get us off on our first sort of 
stretch of driving. And so that's where that tended to come from as part of our like morning activity. You might have a different situation where getting up early and getting on the road quickly makes more sense and that's fine, but it'll just kind of depend on what helps set your family up for success. In one town, we went to like a cool children's museum where they have like the little like fake food and a little uh, food truck and you can like pretend to make food and they had actually these really cool like water features that you could put these like plastic balls on and it would like go through uh, these little like metal tracks down back to the water feature and then it would shoot the ball back up onto the track and it would come back down and it was it was really a cool uh, experience and all three kids found something that they really enjoyed uh, doing there and so that was like a good opportunity in other places again you know that obviously had a cost associated with it in other places that wasn't available or we needed to sort of keep our finances under control on this trip uh, we would just find like a local park that was publicly available and just go and let them run around for a little while and then if we were really struggling we would just sort of let them ride around on the luggage carts as we were sort of taking luggage to and from uh, the car to get the car back loaded up just to give them something to do rather than just like sit and watch screens which frankly is generally what they're doing while they're in the car anyway at least some of the time and so having them do that during times when they're not in the car doesn't really make sense. And that's the second part of this, which is sort of the car activities. So the first part is using drive times strategically. So either starting earlier or later, scheduling them around normal nap times, those kinds of things can help you help set you up for success. And then we would aim to like be on the road right as uh, our baby was getting down for his morning nap. And then we would have the big kids do a quiet activity. So we brought a variety of different things, books, these little LCD uh, writing tablets that are sort of like new age etch-a-sketches for those of you that will remember what those are. Um, And then we have like uh, little tablets that kids can play um, games that we downloaded or episodes of certain shows that they can watch even offline. Uh, One funny uh, thing about that is There are some games that the kids can play while they're connected to the internet. And then there are other games that are downloaded on the tablet that the kids can play. And the second morning we were getting in the car and getting uh, our kids set up uh, with their tablets because they decided they wanted to start the day with tablets. Uh, And as we were getting on the road, my son, my oldest pops up from the backseat and goes, mom, did you turn the internet off again? (laughs) Which is a really funny moment. He didn't quite understand that there's like, certain places where the internet is and other places where the internet is not. And it wasn't something that we were sort of doing to him or turning on and off ourselves. It was just sort of a resource that was available versus not available. Um, So we, we laughed about that. That was probably one of the best quotes from the, from the trip from our, um, our kids, Uh, mom, did you turn the internet off again? So we tried to limit uh, screens most days to just one of our like two, two and a half hour segments and have them do other things. Again, hopefully the like post lunch drive time was usually the time when hopefully all three of them were going to sleep, uh, which is a really nice um, piece. So we tried to have, there are generally like two other segments, one before lunch and one after they woke up from their naps. And so we try to limit the availability of the tablets to just one of those two uh, on the longer days. Sometimes we give a little bit more flexibility on that. Um, But again, just trying to not have the whole thing be one giant screen time, but also give them some different types of fun activities that they can do uh, in the car. I certainly remember when we would go on our road trips uh, as a kid, uh, we actually had a minivan that had like a screen in it. And my dad would sort of 
pop the VHS into the center console and we would be watching movies and those kinds of things. So, you know, this is a tale as old as time. So, you know, we, we want them to be able to do that and have fun. Um, but also sort of let them have other things to do as well, like reading books and playing on these other, um, types of like LCD writing tablets and those kinds of things. So that, uh, is the other thing that we did. And and so don't go too hard on yourself. If you're doing these road trips, if your kids are getting, you know, a couple of hours a day, uh, or more of screen time because you're in the car and you're trying to just like get through the driving part of the road trip to get onto whatever fun activities you're trying to get to. Like, that's fine. I know we talk all the time about the like two hour screen time limits and I have my own sort of sets of feelings about that. We'll probably do full episodes about that at some point, uh, in the future. But I think be gentle with yourself one way or the other. If your kids are getting a little bit more screen time while you're on these road trips, because you're on vacation, that's sort of part of the fun of it is that you're doing these activities together uh, as a family and you can talk about sort of what are they watching and, and, you know, have some fun with it that way. Uh, And the fact that they're getting a little extra screen time while they're in the car is not the end of the world and isn't going to make or break them. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I uh, appreciate you taking the time uh, to listen to it. I hope you found these tips Uh, helpful. uh, And that if you're feeling a little bit anxious about the possibility of doing that, maybe that one last Labor Day uh, road trip before school starts, I want to encourage you to go for it. Uh, It takes a little planning, it takes a little doing, uh, but work together with your partner, figure out like, what are the ways that we can sort of hype up the trip for our kids and be strategic both in like, how we take our breaks along the way and how what times of day we're going to drive and what kind of activities we have available in the car that will help set us all up for success to have a good time, but still be able to go and visit someplace that you really want to get to, you know, as the weather starts to cool down, uh, you know, school is going to be starting soon. uh, So you want to take advantage of those last uh, few drops of summer. And so really get out there and and enjoy it. And I want to encourage you to get out there if that's something that you're thinking about. If you do, and you have uh, your own tips to share about successes on road trips that you've done or things that you hoped would work, but didn't work out very well. I'd love to hear about those and share with, share them on uh, social media or on a future episode of the podcast. I'm always looking for new parenting tips. There's a lot of great uh, experienced parents out there that are sharing stuff with me all the time. And I love learning uh, from you just as much as I love sharing uh, information with you. So share those with me on social media. You can find me across Instagram and Facebook at docs to dads pod or find me on LinkedIn. You can either search for my name or for the name of the podcast, Docs to Dad. If you don't do uh, social media at all, please feel free to just shoot me an email. You can email me at docstodadspod at gmail.com. I'd love to engage with you and hear what you have to say. Thanks as always to Phil Rabon for editing the show, making it sound great for you each week. And I want to encourage you to tune in next week where I'm going to be talking about the camping trip that happened in the middle of all these days of driving. Things I learned from Uh, unplugging from social media for a bit and plugging into my family to help my kids learn how to slow down a bit as well. That was my biggest takeaway from that trip. And I'm excited to share it with you. Until then, remember that what you do as a dad matters. Keep building healthier dads, happier kids and stronger communities. Thanks so much. The information included in this podcast and other Docs to Dads platforms is intended for your education and entertainment only. It is not intended as medical advice and should not replace a relationship with a primary care pediatrician or other provider who will give the most appropriate recommendations for your individual situation.